Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Today, I have an assignment. And I want to talk to you about being filled to the full. So let's start in Philippians chapter 4. And let's just celebrate the plan that God has for us. Did you receive His plan? I mean, you received the plan of God. You know that His plan is a good plan. It's a blessing plan. Well, His plan is that you be full. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory. Notice the order of this. God is first. God is first in the order. My God. The need isn't first. The need isn't even second. The need is third on the list. God first, supply second. The need is down there, lower in the list. Why? Because God is above every need and He's the source of our supply. So we've got to always keep that order. That's a divine order for our life. That's a divine order that God is first. God is, He's greater than. You know, when we were in elementary school, they taught us in those equation lines the difference. They, they taught us the plus symbol. They taught us the subtraction symbol. They taught us the division symbol. They taught us the multiplication symbol. And then they taught us that little symbol that looked like the crocodile mouth. And it was a less than or a greater than. And you had to learn how to point that, that less than or greater than determine on which number on the side of the equation was the greater number. And so you're saying that this number is less than this number, but this number is always greater than this number. Well, just go ahead and put God on the greater than side of everything. Everything that you pull into your equation, just put God on the greater than side. Because you can't find anything. If you've got God in the equation, you can't find anything on that that you can fit in there that's going to override and be greater than God. He's greater than anything you can write out, anything you can deal with. Any, any situation that you're facing, he's the greater than. Amen? God, my God. And he's, he's, he's our God, personal. My God, my God shall supply. Supply is second in the line. Supply, God supplies. God is a provider by nature. God by, by nature is the El Shaddai, which the all-sufficient one. He is the Jehovah Jireh. Those are both names that the Bible uses to describe a character, an element of God for us to be able to see who He is in our life. He is all-sufficient in my life. 
He is the El Shaddai. He he never changes from that. You're not going to find a day that God's running low. That God can't supply. That that he's, he's having shortage. God is the surplusage God. He is, he's, he is the God of more than enough. When, when, when Abraham named the place as he had, was preparing to sacrifice his son and he, God had already prepared a ram in the thicket and with Abraham's obedience, he stopped him and he said, there, behold, there's a ram prepared for you. He named that place. Abraham named that place. Jehovah Jireh, because he wanted something to remind him. This is the marker. This is the location that I met God in this way. This is the place in my life where I was when I came to know God as the God who sees and has already provided. He named the place Jehovah Jireh because that's where he met him as Jehovah Jireh. He knew him before in a limited way. But after that day, he knew him in a way he had not known him the day before. God wants every one of you to know him as provider. He wants you to know that he has prepared every path and provision on every path that he's designed for you to walk on. He wants you to, to not just know about that aspect of him, but to know personally, firsthand experience. When the, the Ephesians prayer says that you may know what is the height and the depth and the width and the breadth? That no means firsthand experience. Yes. Something that passes knowledge. That you may know something that passes knowledge. It means that you can know firsthand experience. You've tasted it. You've touched it. You've yes. walked in it. You've yes. known him that way. Yes. And it's, some, it, it's more than just what somebody told me about him. Information I've read about him. But I know that I know that I know because I've experienced that aspect of who God is in my life. Nobody could ever convince me that God won't save a prostitute because they've come too late to tell me God can't save prostitutes. Nobody could tell me that God can't draw people out of a lifestyle of drug addiction, overdose victims. You can't tell me that God can't break that lifestyle in that person. No, you've come too late to tell me that. I know him. I know him. I know. I know him as my Savior. I know him as my redeemer. I know him as the one who made me new. Hallelujah. I know him that way. And because I know him that way, I can now share with other people. I know he'll do it for you too. I know he'll do it for you. He, but he wants us to know him as provider. He wants us to know him that, in that same way that I know him as my, my savior, as I know him as the one who recreated me and made me new. In the same way that I know he's the one who liberated me and took the taste of cocaine out of my life. I know that. He wants me to know him as my provider. So that nobody could come and tell you. God's not going to make a way for you today. God's not going to come through for you today. God's not going to provide for you today. Come too late. Come too late to tell me God won't provide for me. I know him as my El Shaddai. I know him as my Jehovah Jireh. I know him as my way maker. I know him as the one who makes crooked places straight. I know him that way. 
personal experience. He wants us to know him as our provider. He wants us to experience his fullness in our life. This is who God is. He is a provider by nature because he's a father by nature. Because he's a father by nature, he doesn't want you to know him as some austere, unapproachable, uh, uh, stuffy God in heaven sitting upon a throne, looking down his nose at everybody, criticizing their lifestyle. He, he, that's not him. That's not our father. He's, he's a father by nature. Fathers provide for their children. Fathers are providers for the household. Amen? He, he wants you to know. He provided, you know, in, in Exodus, before they were preparing to leave Egypt... It said that every father was responsible to go and find a lamb to provide a lamb for their house. God provided a lamb for us because he's provider. He provided a lamb for this house, for our house. We didn't have to go out and find the lamb who was able to shed the blood necessary to redeem us from sin. Our Father provided the Lamb. And when John the Baptist made the declaration, Behold, the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. People, sin? Take away sin? What? Take away sin? We know about lambs who can cover sin, but you're telling us there's a Lamb who can take sin away? The Father's Lamb. Because He provided a Lamb for the house. If he, and the scriptures tell us, if God did not withhold his son, how, how much more will he provide for us for the daily needs of our life? How much more will he provide for us a home to live in, a, 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 a steady, stable, beautiful vehicle to drive? How, he wants to be the provider he wants to be the provider. We want to know him as provider. We're not, he doesn't, God doesn't consider it an insult for you to look to him for provision. Some people try to make, religion tries to make people feel guilty. Oh, you're just going to see what you can get from God. That's God's nature. That's God's nature. He's not offended. That you, he wants you to come to him first. He wants you to look to Him. He wants you to believe Him. He may teach us the best way, which may not be the way our flesh wants to do, because our flesh might want to say, just give it to me now. And He says, I want you to sow and believe. He's not doing that. It's like, just give me the fish. I'm going to teach you how to fish. What's better for the, the growth of that that child is for the father to teach how to work the system but it's still his system and that's where the provision is but he wants us to look to him and learn from him how to receive our provision from him so my god my god shall supply we've got to settle that we've got to become firm in that my god shall supply my God shall supply all, 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 
all your need according to his riches and glory. I want to read this from the Weist translation. The Weist translation says, My God shall satisfy to the full your every need. Satisfy to the full. If you're taking notes, put that down. My God shall satisfy to the full. Satisfy to the full. So God's not just aiming at just some cheese and crackers. God's not just aiming at enough to get you by. He's not just aiming at trying to provide paycheck to paycheck. Just, just, escape, just, just, just skating through. He, he's not just providing enough because he's not the God of enough. You can't find scripture where he's the God of enough. The Bible calls him the God of more than enough. I mean, people who know, who have experienced his provision say, he keeps running my cup over. Too much cattle. Too much fish. He's the God of more than enough. All of our needs. Satisfy to the full your every need in accordance with his wealth in glory in Christ Jesus. So satisfy to the full according to his wealth. The amplified. Let's look at the amplified for a moment because it also uses this phrase. Now the weast, according to Rick Renner, who is a Greek scholar, I'm not, but Rick is. And brother Rick Renner says the weast translation is the closest to the original language that he has found in all of his studies. And it says satisfied to the full. And the amplified is very close in this as well. It says fill to the full. My God will liberally supply... Fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Fill to the full, satisfy to the full. You've got to let that be the image in your mind. Filled to the full. So we're not just talking about a little bit. We're talking about a full measure. God wants you to see fullness. He wants you to expect fullness. He wants you to anticipate fullness. If you're not believing for fullness, how can God bring it to you? For, for it to manifest in our life, we've got to bring our faith to it. We've got to expect it. Fullness can be coming to us and passing us by because we're not looking for it. We're not expecting a delivery of fullness. We're just expecting. And so what happens to a lot of people is enough shows up and, and uh, you know, just the barely enough, just that, just that paycheck to paycheck that just barely getting by just, just enough. And they say, that's, that's good. And, and they're satisfied and they're not open for more. And so more comes and just passes by because we've got to make room for the full. I fill to the full. So let's, let's lift our expectation because for you to be a blessing, you're going to have to first allow the fullness of the blessing to manifest. If you're not in the fullness of the blessing, you're not going to be the blessing God designed you to be because you won't have the supply for it. To, for us to be a blessing, we're going to have to walk in the wealth. We're going to have to walk in wealth. And we're going to have to walk in wealth with a steady, stable attitude about the wealth. Amen? Amen. 
with it, with God at the center of our lives. Yes. Not, the wealth is not the center of our life, but wealth is something that the blessing is going to produce. And so I need to have that expectation. I want to be a blessing. Fill to the full. I've got to, I've got to obtain a fullness so that I can have an overflow to be a blessing with. So both the Weiss translation and the Amplified have this filled to the full, satisfied to the full, this imagery, this, this picture of fullness for us to put our faith on. Amen? Amen? So this is something God desires. And if God desires to satisfy to the full or fill to the full our every need, we renew our minds to expect a fully supplied life. Amen. A fully supplied life. You know, when we were in debt and my husband and I were believing God to come out of debt, the Lord um, asked me a question. He said, what are, you going, what are you going to do differently when you come out of debt? And it made me think. It made me think. Well, first of all, what should I do differently? If he's asking me that question, it's because he wants me to have a plan. What should I do differently? And one of the things that he brought to my attention was up until that point, when we, we needed anything in the house, we didn't buy it till we ran out of it. So, I mean, that could be dangerous. It, deodorant, you, you wait till you run out before you go get some deodorant. You wait till you run out of toothpaste and you squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and you've, you've turned that little toothpaste thing as far as that toothpaste thing can turn. And, and okay, and so... So we waited until we were out before we bought anything. And and that was one of the things that God dealt with me about. Open up that cabinet and let those deodorant cans, those sticks, be stacked up like soldiers, ready for service, right? Have a supply of toothpaste in the house. Have a supply. And, and it, was a, it was a renewing of the mind because I had been so long in that lack that I had learned how to, how to shop just based on need, not based on supply, not based on stocking the shelves or preparing for, for the family what the family is going to need. I mean, you know you're going to use laundry detergent. You know you're going to use uh, a dish detergent. You know you're going to use toothpaste and soap. And so why, do we, why, why wait until you're on empty and then run a couple of days short or without? Just start thinking supply. Well, because God thinks supply. God is a supply thinking God. Amen. He supplied everything that we need before He even created us. There's nothing that catches God off guard and He thinks, oh, I need to see. He, he's, he's, he, I got to go, go make some more of this because the you know, human race is running short. God has stocked the shelves of our life. Amen? And so that was one of the things that I had to renew my mind what, what needs to change in your thinking to start thinking like a fully supplied life? For you to believe, for you to believe for the filled to the full, for you to believe that God wants me to have fullness. 
He wants me to have more than enough. What am I going to have to change in the way that I think to move from shortage mentality over to a full mentality? And just let God point it out. He will. He's so good to help us. The Holy Spirit will just identify certain things. Why do you think that way? Why do, you, why do you shop that way? Why do you, you know, why are you, why are you saving those butter containers? <laughs> if somebody comes to your house and you're in there, they're helping you get some stuff out of the refrigerator and they say, I'm going to get the butter out. Do they open six different containers before they find the one that actually has butter in it? Because you got your leftovers in all the butter containers and they all look the same. They're like, which one's got butter in it? It was hard for me not to save my, to- my, my tinfoil. My grandma saved her tinfoil. I mean, she would, she would wash that tinfoil and wipe it down and reuse that tinfoil and reuse that tinfoil until her tinfoil was thin. Because she was brought up in a different era. She was brought up in that era of shortage, you know, coming out of the Great Depression. And so for her, that was normal. To save the tinfoil, reuse that tinfoil. You know, that's dangerous for our our health (laughs) to reuse the tinfoil. But things that we've done, and they're natural things, they're daily, daily activities, daily ways of thinking that are shortage thoughts. They're lack thoughts. And God wants us to think full thoughts. He wants us to expect fullness. He wants us to look for fullness, to believe for fullness, and to believe that it's going to please Him when we reach it. That we're not not trying to get something from God that's offending Him because He thinks you're just after me for what I've got. But we're coming to Him. We love Him. He's our Father. And we're coming to Him because He's the one who is our Father. He's the one who is our supply. He wants us to see him as the source. God is the total source of my supply. My God shall supply. Fill to the full. Satisfy to the full. He wants you to see him as the source. The word source means the point of origin. The beginning place. God is the source. He's the creator. And every good and perfect gift comes from him. He wants us to see him as the point of origin of our blessing, the point of origin of the increase in our life. He is the one who originates the blessing. The blessing comes from God. He, he the source, God the source, wants you to be filled to the full. It, he's not looking and seeing half full and saying Oh, I'm pleased with that. Woo, look. Look at James, half full. Woo. God's not impressed. God's got like half full. Hold still. Hold still. Half full. Hold still. Don't move till you get full. Amen. God wants to keep the fullness level. Amen. And notice it says that this, this supply is produced according to his riches in glory. 
according to his riches in glory, not according to the size of the need. God doesn't supply with the need measure. God supplies out of his rich measure. God's, God's measuring cup, his measuring tool is not coming out of the need measurement. Well, how, how, well, how much do you need? How, how much do you need? Okay, no. He's saying, how much do I have? How, how much is in my treasury? This word, actually, this word according means according to one's own, privately. According to one's own, privately, alone. So we're talking about God's private riches. When, when we read about the people who gave into the building of Solomon's temple, and we know David gave the most, but there's two different two different descriptions of what David gave. There's a description of what David gained out of the palace treasury. And then there's a whole other list out of what David gave out of his own pocket. David gave out of his own pocket, right? So God's saying, I'm not meeting your need out of the palace treasury. I'm reaching in my own pocket to take care of you. Out of my own private stock, out of my own private wallet. I'm going to take care of you because you're my child. I don't have to use company money to take care of you. I don't have to use, I get out of my own pocket according to his riches. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's your father. That's my father. He's meeting our needs. He's filling us to the full. He's filling us to a place of fullness out of his riches. Out of his riches. In glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Measuring, measuring the supply, not by the need, but by his ability to supply, his riches, his wealth. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Mm. Praise God. So that means we don't go to God measuring our need. We don't go to God measuring our need. We don't go to God on the basis of need. We come to God on the basis of His supply. It will change the way you pray. Father, I thank You that You are my Heavenly Father and You supply every good and perfect gift. Father, I thank you that you have already blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I thank you, Father, that you have made me an heir and a joint heir with Christ. An equal portion of what Christ has is what I've inherited. So, Father, I thank you for the blessing today. And I, I place a demand on that supply uh, for this specific thing that I have and I receive of the supply. That's different than going to God and saying, God, I have this big need. God, this need is so big. Oh, God, I have this bill. And if you don't come through for me, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Father, I I need your money to help me. I need you to bless me, Lord. Help me pay this bill. Do Do you see where there's more faith in that first prayer? Why? Because it's already established what God is and has done for us. I'm coming on the basis of His wealth, His supply, His willingness to bless. 
My God shall supply, fill to the full, satisfy to the full, according to the riches out of his own private riches. Amen? Let's look at Psalm 107. The blessing, you cannot separate God's provision from the blessing because the blessing is the tool that God has, has prepared or formed to provide a continual flow of His supply in our life. The blessing is not, um, not something in God's... It's not something that's a, a, a low-importance attribute. It's not something that, oh, well, yeah, the blessing. No, the blessing is the major component of every covenant God has ever established. From the very beginning when he created Adam and Eve, he blessed them and said, let them have dominion. Let them multiply. From the beginning, the first words Adam ever heard were the words of the blessing. In the words of the blessing, in that blessing that God spoke was the empowerment to rule this earth. The, the empowerment to dominate and to prosper on this earth. Were, that power was in the blessing words because they were words of covenant. They were, they were governing words. They were words that, that were um, uh, established to form a governing blessing over... The, the blessing is not supposed to just be something that makes your life good. The blessing is supposed to govern your life. Amen. It's going to make your life good, but it does it in a way that dominates. When the blessing is dominating, it's dominating in your marriage. It's dominating, making your marriage days of heaven on earth. It's dominating in your physical body. It's dominating to protect your health. It's dominating. It's supposed to govern and lead and direct. That blessing is that the words that God spoke to be words that established how things were going to be for our lives. So it shouldn't be a surprise. It should be the expectation. I want to cooperate with the blessing. I want to put myself in a position where the blessing can have its full full function in my life, where it can work to its optimum level. I don't want to do things or say things that hinder the blessing. We read that over the offering. They had, they had neglected doing some things, and because of that, it was hindering the blessing because of what they had failed to do, honoring God. And so when we walk in the Word and we're doers of the Word, we are activating the blessing. We are positioning our lives for the blessing to have its optimum operation in our life. So the Psalm 107 and verse 38. Psalm 107 verse 38 says, He blesses them also so that they are multiplied greatly. So when the blessing of God is at work in our life, there will be a multiplication. There will be, which is going to produce increase. Yes, the multiplication. This is the plan of God. Did you, did you accept the plan of God? 
Did you, did you, are you all in on the plan of God? You accept? Okay, this is the plan of God. He blesses us greatly. And because of the blessing greatly manifesting in our life, we are multiplied. He blesses them so that they are multiplied greatly and allows not. Do you see the governing? Yes. Allows the, when the blessing is at work, it's not going to allow subtraction. That's right. It's going to be a resistant to the devourer, a resistant to the decrease. He, the, he blesses them and does not allow their cattle to decrease. Let's look at this in the Amplified, the Amplified Bible. Uh, hallelujah. Is it uh, pretty much the same? He blesses them also so that they are multiplied greatly and allows not their cattle to decrease. It's uh, exactly the same. I thought I had it different in mind. Praise God. I like it both ways. Blessing produces multiplication and resists the decrease. It prohibits the decrease. So if the blessing prohibits decrease, agree with that. When the thought comes that you're going to go under, when the thought comes you're not going to have enough, stop that thought, arrest that thought. That is not a blessing conducive thought. That, that thought does not cooperate with the blessing. You stop that thought, surely don't put it in your mouth. Don't, don't even let that kind of thought get in your mouth. Pull, pull, out, pull out this thought and say, God blesses me and I multiply greatly. That's right. Go ahead, open up your wallet and tell your wallet. Psalm 107.38 governs you. Blessing and multiplication. No decrease is permitted here. Get the checkbook out. Get the bank statement out. Talk to that bank statement. Come on, Jesus, talk to the wind. You know people thought he was crazy when he was talking to the wind. He talked to a fever. But if you'll start talking to your bank statement and tell your bank statement you listen here, you're governed by the blessing. We increase. We do not decrease. We're, we're abundantly supplied. Amen. God blesses me and I multiply greatly. I multiply greatly. And God does not suffer the food in my cabinet to decrease. God does not suffer the money to pay my bills to decrease. God does not suffer for everything in my house to break down at the same time. If it, I'm going to replace it before it breaks down. I'm going to see in advance and make a provision and have some money in provision for repairs and have some money in provision for new tires. I'm not going to wait till the tires are bald before I put some tires on my car. Do you see that provision mindset? Do you see God's going to, and I'm going to start believing for the tires before they're bald. And I'm going to say, thank you, Father, for new tires for my car. I believe that you desire for me to have a safe, safe uh, tires on my car. And so, Father, I just release my faith for new tires. I ask in the name of Jesus for new tires for my car. And I thank you, Father, that you supply all my needs. And, Lord, I just believe for it. And I'm going to sow seed for my new tires. Amen. I might see a, a single mama who needs some, some tires. I'm going to buy, if, if I can't afford just one, I'm going to pay for a tire. Yeah. I'm going to sow what's worth a tire because I need to reap some tires. Amen. Amen. Glory, to God. Glory to God. Blessing, multiply, does not allow decrease. Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessing. 
And since you are governed by the blessing, you should know what the blessing looks like and acts like. 28.1 of Deuteronomy says, It shall come to pass, if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all His commandments. Just say this with me. I'm a doer of the Word. Which I command you this day that the Lord your God, He will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. Now I want to stop right there and give you a key. That's how the blessing moves. This has just given us an indicator of how the blessing operates. Expect it to come on you. And when it comes on you, Go ahead and give God glory at that moment. That was the favor of God. That was the blessing of God. When the the blessing comes on you, don't just think, hey, that's great. No, go ahead and make an expression of great acknowledgement. Lord, you bless me. Oh, thank you, Lord, for how you bless me. Thank you, Lord, for how you bless me. You are so good to me. Amen? It says the blessing will come on you and overtake you. What are you doing? You're a doer of the word. If you'll start doing the word, acting on the word, God gives us his word to act on for this reason. I mean, if he just wanted us to get saved just so we could go to heaven, we would just get saved and leave. But we're here, we're representatives of Him. He wants us to be blessed representatives, supplied representatives, full representatives. His children, He wants us to experience His blessing as a daily operation in our life. He gives us His Word to act on so that His blessing can come on us and overtake us. And then it says this, You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. Well, they went into the city to make purchases. They went into the city to trade. They went into the city to do business. So he's not just talking about the location, but he's talking about the activity that they do in that location. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in your field. In the field is, was their, their daily jobs, their work, and their provision for their house. They not only made uh, crops that they could sell at the market, but they ate of those crops. They, they had crops that provided for the food of their household, crops that provided for the clothing of their household. So he's talking about all of these different activities that result from the work in the field. Blessed will be the fruit of your body. That definitely can indicate our children, but the fruit of my body is also the strength that my body has to work, the strength and well-being that my body has to uh, uh, do the activities in the city and in the field, the fruit of your ground. That's talking about our harvest, the fruit of your cattle. Talking about what our, our, the, the cattle is producing, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. So he's talking about every aspect of your business, your life, your business, your employment, Amen. your family. Amen. You'll be blessed in every area. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. The store is talking about a, a, a provision 
a storehouse. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. All of your activity, all of your movement. The blessing is governing every area of our lives. The Lord will cause enemies that rise against you to be smitten before your face. So the blessing has victory included against anyone who sets themselves against me. I'm not out looking for enemies. And the enemies that we have are not flesh and blood. So that means no matter what the devil brings against me, God will cause every satanic attack against my life to be smitten before my face. I don't even... Battles won. I don't have to fight. The Lord will cause that. The Lord will cause that. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Woo! Hallelujah! That's victory. That's victory without even having to lift a finger. The Lord will cause that. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your investments, your bank accounts, your, your savings, your IRAs, your retirement funds. The Lord will command the blessing on it. Hallelujah. So if you don't have a savings account, get one just so God can bless it. If you don't have some investments, get some so God can command the blessing. Why? Because when you start being a doer of the word, that blessing is going to reach into every area and the commanded blessing upon what you are preparing. That's wisdom. Faith operates in the wisdom of the ant. Faith is not hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, living, just barely getting by and say, I'm living by faith. Some people think living by faith is living with nothing. Faith, faith, faith works off the top of the barrel. Jesse Duplantis was in the green room in the Texas uh, uh, TBN studio talking with John Osteen, Joel Osteen's father. And John Osteen uh, uh, was was there and uh, they were talking and um, there was a person who uh, broke, not broke in, but kind of sneaked behind the scenes, wasn't so allowed to be back in that part of that uh, facility, but they, they, they got through the guards and came back to that part of the facility and they confronted John Osteen. And John Osteen, you know, a lot of us know Joel more, but for those of us who remember John Osteen, he was already on uh, nationwide television with a great influence preaching the gospel uh, through television when Joel took over his father's uh, program. Someone who made their way back there, they confronted John Osteen and they said, you, you call yourself a faith preacher. You think you're a faith preacher, but I heard you say that you have a million dollars in a savings account that you don't let the staff touch it. And he said, you don't know what kind of faith it took for me to get that million dollars in that savings account. You know, and if you have a television bill that could cost a million dollars in a week, that wasn't him just being foolish with his money. He was preparing to, to know I've got a supply and, and to be able to cover that. And he, he said, I'm living off the top of the barrel. Well, you know, Jesse Duplantis picked that up and he said, I lived off the top of the barrel. 
and he's been living off the top of the barrel. And if you've listened to him recently, he, he has a year's worth of his television bill in, the, in an account before the year starts. He's got a year's worth of his, pa- his salaries for his, his, uh, employ- for his uh, 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 team, the people who work, that he's, uh, his employees. He's got a year's worth of their salary already set up. That's the wisdom of the ant. That's not foolish. And that's not a lack of faith. It takes faith to get that. You know, I think it takes a greater discipline of faith to believe God for the supply in advance than just to believe for miracle to miracle and and paycheck to paycheck and just to make it by. If we're living with just enough, we're not in a position to be a blessing. I'm not, I'm not, listen, we're all at different places. And I have definitely been at that place, you know, rolling the toothpaste. I was there. I, I was there waiting until we ran out before I got anything, before I even put it on the list to buy it. There are things that God is wanting us to excel in. We're learning about the maturity of the believer. We've, we've been week after week focusing on maturity of the believer, walking in love, learning how to forgive. Uh, we've been talking about doing the greater works. If we're going to come up in those areas. God doesn't want to leave this area untouched. He wants us to bring our faith to His provision and expect to fullness, expect to live in a supply, expect yeah. to be a supply. We to see the stage, the progression. We've got to get the supply for us to be a supply. Yes. Amen? Amen? So the blessing is on the storehouses and in all that you set your hand unto. The blessing is commanded upon the storehouse and in all that you sent your hand unto. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself. How is he establishing us? With his covenant, with his word. He is establishing us as he has sworn unto us, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will have respect. When it says be afraid, it's talking about they will have a great respect for you. And verse 11, the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods. Plenteous. The Amplified says will give you a surplus of prosperity. The Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity. The Lord will make you plenteous in goods. Believe for that. Expect that. Plenteous in goods. A surplus. The Lord will make you have a surplus of prosperity. God, God will cause your life to have an increase so that you have a surplus of prosperity. Amen? Hallelujah. In the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, in the fruit of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give you. Hallelujah. A surplus of prosperity. Let's look at Leviticus. Leviticus is a a restating of this blessing. Actually, Deuteronomy was the restating. Leviticus was the the first. Leviticus 26. And verse 4 and 5. 
Then I will give you rain in due season. If when, then is when you're walking in my word, walk in my statutes, keep my commandments, do them. I will give you rain in due season and the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and your threshing shall reach unto the vintage and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing. That means you're not going to have any downtime in between. You're going to have so much in the threshing that you're just going to be getting done with the threshing harvest, threshing out that harvest of wheat. You're just going to get that done and in, in the barn when the next one's ready. You're not going to have a, a, lo- a lag in between. Why, with you just got a little harvest and now we got two weeks till the next one's ready? No, you're going to have such an abundant harvest. It's going to take you all of that time to, to put it away, to get it, to prepare it and put it away before the next harvest is ready. And then he says, you will eat your bread to the full. You will eat to the full. You will eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land Safely. Same chapter, verse 9. I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. Do you see? He said, I'm going to establish you a holy people, a set apart people. How is he doing it? With the blessing. For us to be recognized as God's children, we're going to have to exhibit and be, be uh, um, witnesses or identifiers of what it looks like to be a child of God. Amen. What it looks like to, to walk in the fullness of His blessing. Amen? Amen? And He says in verse 11 or 10, You will eat the old because of the new. You will eat the old, and bring forth the old. Why? Because of the new. Now, if you have ever canned or had a grandma or, or an aunt or somebody who canned, my grandmother, when she went and got the vegetables, she, she canned a lot of green beans. She canned a lot of corn. So I remember green bean corns, and she would can tomatoes that had okra in it. Amazing. And, and so when she would can, she didn't just can and, and put those new at the front. She pulled everything up and brought what was already canned from previous seasons and pulled it to the front because I've already eaten all the old and we just, we got some new in and, and now we're going to eat it. No, I've got a supply. I've got a provision I've got a fullness. And I've, do you see then that a fullness is going to come with a responsibility to organize it? Amen. Amen. A budget is of God. Amen. Budget is of God. Amen. If you don't have anything, you've never had to use a budget, right? I like a budget. What is a budget? When I first started using a budget? I mean, we just paid whatever was screaming the loudest. We just paid whatever's about to get turned off. A budget. You know, but a budget lets you put things that are priority in priority. 
If, if you budget, you can always make sure I tithe first. Because you can put it at the top of the budget. You put it at the top. So the first thing that gets, that gets honored in my life, that's the first thing that's going to get honored. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord is good. Yes, he is. He's good. So we're going to have to have, have order in the blessing. We're going to have to prepare. We're going to have to plan for the blessing. There's going to be some arranging of things. It's okay, the, the blessing is coming in, and I want to be responsible with the blessing, so I'm going to pull out the old, I'm going to use this, and I'm going to put that new in the place that it's supposed to be, and when the blessing comes in, I know what God's bringing it for. Amen? So, so if, if a, a big blessing comes in, and I have a plan, and I say, I'm, I plan to put back you know, however much $100 for a new set of tires before winter, and then a big blessing comes in, those aren't shoe blessings. That's not shoe blessings. That's not new shoes. That's not, that's not a trip to Branson. That's tire money because I've, I've, I've been planning for that. I've already went to God about that, and that's my plan. God, I'm believing you for this, and it comes in. I'm like, oh, that's the tire blessing. Amen. There's a responsibility. There is that preparing. He, the Amplified says, it says, you will eat the abundant old store of produce long kept and clear out the old to make room for the new. You'll eat the abundant store and clear out the old to make room for the new. Hallelujah. We've got to... We've got to put our, our thoughts and our plans in line with the blessing. Amen. Amen. Father, we submit to the blessing this morning. Say that with me. Father, Father I, submit I submit to your blessing. To your blessing. I, want I want to think blessing thoughts, think blessing thoughts. And, remove and remove any lack thoughts, any shortage thinking from my understanding. I want to expect your word to bring increase and multiplication. As I do your word, I, I thank you, Father, for the blessing that has the ability to work in my life. In Jesus' name. Just lift your hands and thank him for the blessing this morning. Thank you for making us an heir, Lord. Thank you for making us heirs of God. Thank you, Father, for supplying, satisfying to the full, filling to the full our need out of your own pocket. Out of your own pocket.